That one, year number four. It's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels. Let's all sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 256 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels, coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio, and I am thrilled that you are listening. In this episode, I'll be sharing my tips for round six, the Anzac round. And in a short while, I'm going to be joined by Mick Aussie from MickAussie.tv, and we're going to talk about Mick's picks for this round as well and get his take on the Gather round, which was in his home state of South Australia last week. Now, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget that if you are interested in getting a shout-out from your local footy club, drop me a note via email at yankonthefootygmail.com or reach out to me on one of my socials. You can find all of those at my website, yankonthefooty.com. And I love being able to give a shout-out to the local clubs and uh, learn about the, the uh, landscape of the game and what's being done to help grow the game and uh, bring new people to play the game of Australian football. It's uh, It's been terrific engaging with a lot of these clubs, and uh, many of them have been thrilled that, that they're getting the... Uh, the recognition that they're getting here, which is not a huge amount, but hey, it's, it is, uh, like I said, it's a way for me to learn about where things are in a relationship to other things. And I, I really just enjoy sharing other people's good fortune. Now, today's club of the episode are the Gol Gol Hawks from Mildura. Now, the Hawks joined the Miliwa, I think it's Miliwa, M I L L E W A Football League in 1980. And in that time, they've won 11 premierships. And based upon the research that I was able to do, uh, their last leading goal kicker was a gentleman by the name of Robert Lindsay, who kicked 133 goals back in 2012. Now, the club opens up their 2023 fixture this Friday, facing last year's premieres, from what I gather, uh, in Bambil. Now, in this game, this is one of those unique situations here, and I've made some mentions of this in uh, some posts on social media, but... Uh, 2011 Brownlow medalist Dane Swan will be suiting up for the Hawks in this game and will be taking part in their Sportsman's Night. on That, that game is on Friday, the 21st, and uh, he'll be taking part in the Sportsman's Night on Saturday, the 22nd, which is going to be hosted by Ricky Nixon. Now, these two gentlemen have been doing a fantastic job. I believe this is the third club that they have visited in the last three weeks uh, all over Australia promoting local footy. And I tip my cap to these two gentlemen for doing this because I think it's a, a very admirable thing that they are doing. Um, if you happen to be in the Mildura area and you want to uh, to see Dane Swan play, uh, meet up with uh, Mr. Nixon as well. You can check out his podcast also, The Chicken Coop, with Ricky Nixon and uh, Tony Marks. Now, I do also encourage you to head over to my website, yankonthefooty.com, and click on the blog button. Uh, my most recent blog post from this past weekend deals with what Mr. Uh, Swan and Mr. Nixon are doing in terms of trying to help local footy, and in many cases, kind of rural footy, if you will, uh, through their actions. And I wish the, the Gol Gol Hawks the absolute best in 2023. I will have a link to their Facebook page uh, on my website as well or excuse me, in the show notes as well. Now, last week I went five and four in my tips. I missed on Gold Coast, North Melbourne, Melbourne, and St. Kilda. And I'll let you know, I'm going to be tipping three of those teams right there as we go forward into today. So let's jump into the first game, and that is Fremantle hosting the Bulldogs at Optus Stadium. And I'll go through the ins and outs 
uh, with Mick when I talked to him. But both of these clubs have fallen pretty hard out of the eight. And there are only three clubs in the comp right now that have a lower percentage from, than the Bulldogs do, which I was really surprised to see that. I mean, this is, a, this is a club that has a forward structure that I think should be scoring more than they have been recently. This is, they've got a lot of scoring punch. And, uh, you know, they're currently 14th in inside 50s, 17th in points per game. And dead last in goal assists. And, you know, you've got, you know, Eugle Hagen, Naughton, and Waitman now back in the forward line. And, and a very good midfield led by Marcus Bontempelli. I think they should be putting more goals on the board. And I think if you're a Bulldog supporter, you're probably nodding your head in agreement there. Um, you know, and they look an awful lot like the Dockers did uh, in terms of how they scuffled the score over the last couple of years. Because that was always the thing with the Dockers is that they played great defense, but they could not put enough points on the board to score. And I remember having conversations with people saying, if they could just score two more goals a game, this club would be a top four side. And I, and I think that that's in, in many ways that might still be the case. Now, the Dockers, they lead the comp in, in hitouts. Uh, they're fourth in handballs per game, fifth in tackles. I think that the, the Sean Darcy and Tim English matchup is going to be a fun one to watch. Now, they are scoring at a better clip than they have in recent years. Now, I'm going to take the home team, the Dockers, to win this one by eight points. Now, I did see that uh, some fans have created a new beer uh, in WA for this round. The, it's called the, the Lobster Tears Slightly Salty Raspberry Sour, which you know, that's one of those tongue-in-cheek things right there, which I think people are going to laugh at, and, and I have no idea if that beer is good. I hope it's fantastic. Uh, I guess we should be relieved that they did not have time to produce the, uh, the other one that they should have made, the Waitman Twig and Berry Imperial Stout. If you know, you know. Uh, so, uh, so again, I'm going to Fremantle to win that one by eight points. Let's move on to Port Adelaide and the West Coast Eagles back at the Adelaide Oval again. Uh, I saw some West Coast supporters, uh, lamenting the fact that they had to go back to South Australia again this week. Now I do want to tip my cat to the Eagles. They battled the cats. You know, the cats just came out and, and blitzed them in the first quarter last week. And the Eagles, they probably they were not going to catch up and likely win that game, but they 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 almost played level in the second half of the game. They battled, they played hard. They didn't just roll over and say, "Okay, we're done." Um, it's it was it it's a club that has still you know, beset by a ton of injuries. Uh, they're getting uh, a couple people back, but also losing a couple of people as well. We'll get into that with Mick when uh, I get Mick on. Um, Port is uh, is third in clearances this year, but interestingly enough, they're 16th in handballs per game and 17th in kicks and marks. So they're getting the ball out, but they're not doing a lot with it once they get it. So it's you know it's strange that a club that has those kinds of numbers, and maybe that maybe I'm just misreading those numbers and they mean something a little bit different. But I just those just don't seem to go well together there. Um, now, I think the Eagles are going to battle. Okay, I think the Eagles are going to play hard. They've still got some talented veterans on that side, and they've got some youngsters who are trying to make sure that they're on the list for 2024. But I am going to take Port to win this one by 14 points. And then we move to Canberra for GWS hosting Brisbane, and the Giants are going to be without one of their top midfielders in Tom Green, who's suspended. Brisbane absolutely demolished the Ruse last week. Remember, I, I tipped the Ruse to win that game. And, uh, well, Brisbane said, you know what? We can win a game on the road once in a while. And that's what you get for tipping the Ruse. And they're back in, you know, in the uh, capital territory this week. Um, you know, 
their forward structure really did flex their muscles. I, I had been maybe a little critical of uh, Joe Danaher and Eric Hipwood, um, not of Charlie Cameron, because Charlie Cameron's been phenomenal. Lincoln McCarthy's always, you know, sneaky, deadly. Um, but Danaher and Hipwood had a terrific game last week against North. And, and I think that's going to continue. The Giants are a solid club. I think they're, they're I've said it already, they're better than I think they, I thought they were going to be after all of the players that left the side this year. But I am going to go with the Lions to take this one by 11. And as I said, I'll get into the, uh, the, the ins and outs with Mick when I have him on here in just a few minutes and get his tips. Now, the Cats are hosting Sydney at GMBHA Stadium. Are you sitting down? If you're not, well, if you're in your car driving and you're listening, you're hopefully sitting down unless you have a... A very interesting design in your car. But the Cats are actually playing a home game at their own stadium in Geelong, which is, I believe, south of of, uh, of Melbourne. They're actually playing a home game in round six, and they're going to get the opportunity to uh, to raise the, uh, the premiership banner or, or the premiership flag for this game. Um, they've got some key injuries. You know, they lost uh, Tyson Stengel for probably six to eight weeks with a broken wrist. Reese Stanley uh, had surgery to put together a broken eye socket. You know, the Swans have a lot of injuries as well. Franklin's not there. Marty's not there. The defensive structure is certainly impacted by uh, the McCartan brothers being out. Yes, the Cats have lost Stengel, but they're, they're able to replace him with a player who, who can take over a game when it, on the rare occasion it does happen in Gary Rowan. Like I said, we'll get into the ins and outs here. Um, I don't think they disappoint my fellow Cat supporters. I've got the Cats winning this one by 10 points, getting that first win at home on the year. I'm excited to watch this one. I think it's an 11 o'clock start for me at home, so 11 o'clock in the evening. So I'll be able to actually stay up and watch that one and not have to get up in the middle of the night. Now we head down to the University of Tasmania with Hawthorne hosting the Adelaide Crows. And I have to be honest, and I think that if you're a fair footy fan, the Crows are one of the surprise teams of the comp this year. I think, you know, if, if it wasn't for the resurgent Saints and Bombers, I think that the Crows would be getting a lot of the, the press, even though they're not a Victorian-based club. And I know I hear people talk about the Vic bias, that sort of thing. Again, I don't live in Victoria, but uh, I, I hear people, a lot of people mentioning that. I'll tell you, this, this Crows side is a hell of a lot of fun to watch. They really, really are. Um, they're fifth in kicks, they're fourth in marks, third in hitouts, second in points scored per game. You know, Hawthorne's youngsters are getting a lot of very valuable experience, which I think is going to bode well in the future for them. You know, the Hawks are in many ways where the Crows were two years ago. Okay, maybe three years ago. Um, this is going to this is going to be a bit of a rebuild here. You know, the the the, uh, the Hawks are 18th in points, 17th in inside 50s per game. The growing pains are going to continue in this one. I think the Crows are a better side by far at this point in time. I've got the Crows winning this one by 13 points. I just think that they're a better club at this point in time. So I'm going with Adelaide to win this one. And I said 13 points. I think it's probably going to be a little more than that. And then we head to one of the uh, the bigger games of the round. You've got Carlton hosting uh, St. Kilda over at Marvel Stadium. And let's be honest. Carlton needs to bounce back after just getting throttled by uh, Adelaide last week. I, I I don't want to say that a club was embarrassed, but they certainly, Adelaide certainly won that game handily. Okay, they kind of took them behind the woodshed, if you will. Um, 
They struggle to keep up the Crows, but and they're going to be fe- facing what I think has got to be the feel-good club of the year with Ross Lyon coming back into his old side. Adam Sod's going to be out, which is going to you know hurt the defense a little bit with Carlton. Uh, Jack Steele is returning from a collarbone injury, which you know my fantasy team is thankful for that. But I mean that's a pretty quick turnaround. I have a feeling his shoulder is going to be very very heavily strapped. Um, I think this is the co-game of the round along with the Anzac Day game. I'm looking at the Saints who are, get this, first in kicks, first in handballs, first in marks, uh, to continue moving the ball very, very well. I think this is just a really, really talented side. Um, I'm going with the Saints to win this one by eight points. I I just have a feeling, um, yes, there's a lot of offensive firepower over there with the Blues, but, you know, if the Saints are able to, you know, maybe follow the blueprint from uh, the Crows this past week, maybe they have some success here. But I'm going with the Saints to win this one. And then we get to Gold Coast hosting North Melbourne at Heritage Bank Stadium. And you talk about two clubs that are desperately in need of a win. Uh, North Melbourne, they they got humbled last week. You know, they're, they started out 2-0. and There was a lot, then 2-2. Two and two, And there's a lot of, you know, good talk about North Melbourne and Clarko being there and things are getting turned around. And look how, look how great things are at North Melbourne. And then they they just walked they walked in right into a buzzsaw, and Brisbane actually just destroyed them in that game by a, a significant margin. Now, was North that bad? I don't know. Was Brisbane that good? Maybe they they certainly did exert themselves you know quite a bit in that one. But I I think that you know even though you know Gold Coast hung tough with Fremantle, they have not been able to put together a consistent game since they played the Cats in round three when the Cats were extraordinarily dysfunctional. They just looked terrible, and they beat them by like two and a half goals that game. Um, both of these sides have a lot of talent. I think both of these sides are capable of winning this game, but, you know, it's just... I'm going to go right now with the more experienced coach, okay? I'm going to go with Clarko's club to knock off Gold Coast here. And this is not that I don't think Gold Coast can win it, because I certainly do think Gold Coast can win this game. But I am going to go with North Melbourne to win this one by seven points. Very close game, but I just think they're going to win it. And, uh, you know, it's going to be Todd Goldstein's 300th game. Um, Looking forward to seeing that as well. I mean, that should have happened during the gather round. But remember, he didn't play in round one this year, which is something I'm still scratching my head about. But again, Alistair Clarkson has forgotten more about football than I will ever know. So I, I'm going to defer to that gentleman. And then we head to the MCG, which I believe is the only game at the MCG this week. So I mean, that, no, sorry, the one of two, first of two games where uh, the MCG's had quite a bit of time to have the grass take a nice rest over the last couple of weeks. But Melbourne's hosting Richmond. And what more can you say other than Max Gone is back? You know what looked to be a season-ending injury turned into be a turned out to be a like a three-week injury, four-week injury. So if you're a Melbourne supporter, you have to be absolutely stoked to have him back. But you also have to be so thankful that his co-ruck, if you will, Brody Grundy, did a very good job. Although Grundy was absolutely gassed last week. Okay, he ran out of gas. He was on fumes. Uh, at the end of that last game. But he has battled admirably because he didn't go into this thinking, yeah, I'm going to be the guy. He was going to be one of the guys, if you will. Um, the Tigers still have a ton of injuries. 
Uh, and I just, I think that the handwriting might be on the wall for them this year. I, I don't know. All of you have been watching the game a l longer than I have, but from what I see and looking at the age profile of the club, it looks like Richmond is going to have, and again, people say this about the Cats as well, so I get it, uh, but it sure looks like the uh, the Tigers are getting ready to have to do a uh, bit of a retooling of their list, if you will, okay? Um the Demons are looking to improve upon that performance they had last week against Essen. They got beat by, what, uh, almost eight goals? Um, I think they get it done against Richmond. I've got them beating Richmond by 12 points in this game. And then we get to the last game of the round on Anzac Day, and I cannot wait to, to watch this one. And uh, I hope that, you know, when they do the... Uh, the replay of it when they when they cut down and take out the commercials and all of the halftime stuff and that sort of thing. I hope that that the Fox Footy uh, channel, the app, will leave the ceremony at the outset of the game in the recording. I really do. I hope they do that. Um, no teams have been released in the, for this game yet. Again, Collingwood is still without a, a true ruck. It sounds like Kruger might be coming in. Uh, but I think Sam Draper is going to have an absolute field day. He's becoming one of my favorite players to watch. He just is, is just an, is a lot of fun to watch play the game. It's just infectious smile. Looks like he's having a hell of a lot of fun out there. Uh, I think the Bombers are playing some great football, and uh, you know, the, the Magpies are as well. Don't get me wrong. I mean, these are two great sides, but I just think that in this situation – I am going to go with the Bombers to win this one. Again, it's this is very close. You know, there's an eight point, less than eight point percentage difference on the ladder. I have to pick somebody. I'm gonna go with the Bombers in this one. Um, just a hunch. No rhyme or reason as to why yet. I'm saying that other than the ruck position is still in a little bit of flux at this point in time. So I'm gonna go with the club that has the more established ruck in Sam Draper in this case. Okay, so folks. There you have it. There's my tips. And uh, we're going to go ahead and jump into my talk with Mick Aussie at this point in time. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am thrilled to be joined again this week by my mate Mick Aussie of MickAussie.tv. How is the world treating you, sir? Yes, very good, mate. But I'd like to start with uh, listening to a great new podcast, Ricky Nixon, and he gave you a shout out. So that was unbelievable. Uh, yes. very funny, very funny podcast. And hasn't he got the stories, eh? Well, that, and that's one of the things that I, that I subscribe to it because I, I just think he's going to have so many, so much insight about things that, uh, that nobody else is going to have, um, you know, having worked in, you know, as the agent agent that he did for many, many years. And he, you know, he has his thumb on the pulse of the game. I think in many regards, even to this day, um, but yeah, just you know, he's been an absolute gentleman. He's been very kind to me as far as you know, sharing that information. Because and 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 I gave him a, I gave him a shout out in the introduction of this episode as well because of what he and uh, Dane Swan are doing, traveling around the country trying to help local footy clubs to to survive and thrive because they have taken a beating over the last couple of years with COVID. Yeah, absolutely. And see, it shows the hard work that you're doing by announcing a local football club each week. He noticed that, and I love the way he tells stories, but he doesn't mention names. So we're going to 
get some really good insights oh, yes. on his podcast. Yes, Absolutely. That, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. And I and I'm not familiar with with uh the gentleman Tony Marks, so I need to read up on him a little bit. But uh yeah. that's that's not a name I'm familiar with, but uh I'm definitely gonna be listening to that one each and every week. So are you ready to dive into the tips for this week, sir? Yeah, let's go. Some interesting games again. Okay. Absolutely. Well, you know, before we do that, though, I, I want to take a second. You are a born and bred South Adelaide man. T- uh, take, South- take, or South Australia. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, South yeah. Australia man. Sorry about that. Wrong A. Um, take a minute and just kind of tell the listeners now that the gather round is done. What did that mean to you? being from south south australia and what did you what do you think it means for the game as a whole oh it meant a lot i mean as you know melbourne gets a lot and you know it's a massive city melbourne a great sports city but they're a little bit arrogant and they put crap on south australia a little, little bit like any big city does on a smaller city but i tell you what a lot of melbourne boys used to love coming across adelaide for the grand prix they said we had some beautiful women and friendly, but it was fantastic. I loved the way that the game was in the Adelaide Hills and hopefully next year up in the Brosser Valley, the where area where I'm from, New York for over would be magnificent. Great event. And again this week, wow, Adelaide's on the world map because the Live Golf Tour is starting today, Friday in Adelaide. So really, really good. Outstanding, outstanding. So the the hotel rooms are going to be uh, chock full for an, yet another weekend. Then, so that that's terrific. Yeah, absolutely. And my mate Travis Head, well, I'm best mates with his dad. He he had his wedding during the gather round. He plays cricket for Australia. He's the sixth best batsman in the world. He wow. goes, oh, that was bad timing. It was hard to get to hotel rooms during gather round. So. Yeah, I, I would imagine that that'd be a great story because he probably, you know, might have been a situation, you know, where, you know, great grandma's in one hotel room and, and the aunt and uncle are in another one. And, you know, the second cousins across town because they couldn't get a block of rooms together in the same place that. Yeah, yeah, because you I guess you do plan weddings much further in advance than you do this gather round because that kind of happened, you know, rather quickly that came together so I could. Well, you know what? I guess I am going to blame him since he planned the wedding earlier. They should have had the rooms already. <laughs> okay, well, let's let's go ahead and jump into the games because we've got nine games this week that and none of them have been played as of yet because we're no no Thursday games for another, I think, seven rounds. So we've got Fremantle hosting the Bulldogs at Optus Stadium, and Sam Switkowski is out for Fremantle. <clears throat> Josh Bruce is out. Mitch Hannon's been omitted. Toby McLean playing game 100, and Alex Keith is back in for the Bulldogs. What are you thinking on this one, sir? Wow. Well, the Dockers are very average so far. Sarong's been very good. Brayshaw's down a bit. He got fined this week, $1,000. Nate Fife is getting some boots across from the NFL. Can you believe that to help his, uh, his foot problems? I am going for the upset here. The dogs were two and a half point. Sorry, the Dockers were two and a half point favorite last I checked. I'm mm-hmm. going to go for the Bulldogs, even though it was in Perth and Dockers have the home field. Could go either way. Bulldogs are a better team. I think I'll take them in a slight upset. I think that I went with the Dockers simply because they're the home team. And, and I don't know if you know this or not, because I was shocked by this. The Bulldogs right now are currently 17th in 
points scored per game this year. 17th out of 18. Only Hawthorne is worse right now. I was shocked yeah. to read that. Yeah, I just I just don't see the Dockers being able to I don't know. I just think the Bulldogs are a better team, but no, I, you might be yeah. you might be right. I no, might I, be I, totally wrong. I just I just went with Friel because they were at home. Had if had this game been played at Marvel, I would have gone with the Bulldogs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I hear uh what Waitman's trying to sell some sausages on bread, I hear. Well, yes. To... Yeah, I uh <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, and yeah, and uh, hopefully, if you didn't catch the uh, the little snarky comment I made uh, when I went over my tip for this game, you may want to rewind this one and go back and listen to it because it. Uh, well, I'll go ahead and share it with you here while Mick is here as well. Um, <laughs> yes, because because um, the uh, Dockers are going to have the uh, the what is it called the lobster tears slightly salty raspberry sour for Rory Lob coming back, and I said I guess it, I'm glad that uh, that they did not produce the. Wait, man, twig and berry imperial stout. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we move on back to the Adelaide Oval, and we've got Port Adelaide hosting the still beat up West Coast Eagles. And uh, Ollie Lord is debuting for Port. Charlie Dixon's out injured. Dylan Williams omitted. Jackson Mead omitted. And Scott Lysette omitted. Uh, Bryn Tickle and Tom Jonas joining Ollie Lord in, uh, Brady Huff injured, Elliot Yo injured. Who's not injured there? Noah Long injured, Xavier O'Neill omitted. Now, it, how bad do you have to play to get omitted by the Eagles right now? I mean, how bad do you have to be playing? Uh, Luke Foley, Luke Shuey, and Zane True are in for the Eagles. I think I know who you're going for on this one. Wow. Well, Luke Shuey, great player, but hamstring troubles. He probably might not play, but... Eagles are so decimated with injury. Their reserves team in the waffle has like five players on the Eagles list. It, it, it's absolutely disgraceful. They held on too long to their older players. They're an absolute mess. They're not risking players now. Well, what's that? Tanking? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'm going for the Port Adelaide Power Paps. They're favoured by 48 and a half. And uh, I think Horn Francis might have a big, big game because that was great what Kenny Hingley did to him after the game. Because well, you know what? If North Melbourne fans want to boo him, okay. But any other club booing him, that's terrible. Let the kid come back to his home of South Australia. I don't blame him. There's a right, biased right. comment. Yeah. And I, and on my, <clears throat> on my live episode that I did a couple nights ago, I, I, kind of did my interpretation of what I thought Ken Hinckley said there. Um, and I just, I just, I just, I really thought that he was out there, you know, cause he was beating, you know, you, you saw the video of him out there in the rain and he's kind of tapping his finger into Horn Francis's chest. And I think he's telling him something to the effect, you know, don't like, don't let those sons of bitches get to you. You just keep going out there and playing your ass off like you did in the fourth quarter here. And I'll deal with those dickweeds in the press conference and I'll read them the riot act here. And then he gave, you know, he gave him a hug after that. I, because I think that that, you know, Ken Hinckley, I think was, and again, I could be completely off base, but I think he was so pissed off about what had happened there. And he just wanted to reassure that kid and then go ahead and, you know, maybe deflect some of the stuff to him, but, but, you know, making it look like, God, look at him. He's being an asshole yelling at this kid after he had a fantastic fourth quarter like this. And I don't think that's what happened at all. Yeah. Look, I'm uh 
I'm on Horn Francis's side. Sure, he's young and he might have made a few comments to make himself look a bit better than he probably is, like a bit arrogant. But he's young and I just love the way he plays the game, even though he got, you know, he doesn't chase hard sometimes. His presence around the ball is Patrick Dangerfield like, so he's going to be a star, absolutely. Oh, well, that's unfortunate because that means he won't be coming to Geelong in a few years. <laughs> 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 okay. So uh, we, we <laughs> yeah, I know he's not coming back to uh, he's not coming back to Victoria. I know that no matter how no matter how good the fishing is there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we head to Canberra for GWS hosting Brisbane and for Brisbane, uh, Zach Bailey playing game 100. Jack Gunston's back in. Jared Lyons is the sub. Darcy Ford has been omitted. Tom Green suspended. Cooper Hamilton injured. Adam Kennedy omitted. Brent Daniels and Harry Perryman back in, and I think they're hoping that they could go ahead and uh, clone Harry Himmelberg because that young man has been playing lights out recently as well. Yeah, absolutely, and I did hear that um, the Swans might be after him when he comes out of contract. Yeah, the Lions did well. They absolutely destroyed the kangaroos up there in the Adelaide Hills at Mount Barker. I love the little stands all around the country field. They're favoured by 20 and a half. Yeah, it's in Canberra, a Manuka Oval. Can get cold in Canberra can, on Australian standards. Mm-hmm. I think the Lions. Are, I think the Lions will win and probably win well. Dana have five goals. We'll see how he goes in the colder weather, but Lions should win that and win that well. Yeah, I went with I went with the Lions on that one as well. I I just, I just think they're a better side. I, I think GWS is better than a lot of people thought they were going to be this year. Uh, you know, having shipped out uh, Hopper and uh, uh, who else went to? I'm drawing up Toronto that went to Richmond. Yep. Um, but I I just think that they're they're playing well. You know, under uh, Adam Kingsley, right? New coach, I think yep. that's his name. Yeah, um, I think they're they're playing decent football. They I just don't think they're quite on Canberra's par as of yet. And I and I do have to say, and I didn't mention this in my part. Nakaya Cockatoo is listed as an emergency for Brisbane, so there is that. Okay, um, for those of you that don't know, he was the reason who uh, why I became a cat supporter back in 2017. So um, glad to see him at least getting game adjacent. I won't say he's going to get a game; he's going to be game adjacent. Uh, so, <laughs> and then we—I have to laugh at it now. Um, <laughs> Then we then we head down to GMBHA Stadium. They're actually going to have like a real game for for points at that stadium this year. Okay, uh, the Swans are there uh, hosting or uh, with Geelong hosting, uh, putting up the uh, premiership flag. Tyson Stengel out with a broken wrist. Reese Stanley with a broken eye socket. Brandon Parfitt's the sub. Jonathan Segler's back in. Gary Rowan's back in. Aaron Francis is debuting. Ryan Clark is in. Corey Warner's omitted. Joel Amarty. Uh, did his hamstring really well and sounds like he's going to be out for, you know, two to two and a half months. And Will Gould is going to be the sub. What are you saying here, sir? Well, I might have to replay my little video from outside GMHBA a few weeks ago because your first home game since beating the Swans in the AFL Grand Final by 81 points. But the two games before that, Sydney won by 30 and then by two at the SCG. The Swans' back line is a bit decimated, so I think Jeremy Cameron might have a field day. 
Your cats are favoured by 12 and a half. Well, I don't know. Swans are a chance, absolutely. In the grand final rematch, not the replay, because there's right. never, ever grand final replay. I hate that when people say that. Oh, we're getting vengeance back at them. No, Cats won, and you can never take that away from them. So yeah. rematch to the grand final. Cats to win. Swans might get close. Yep, I have them winning this one by 10. I just think, as you said, you know, the, the defensive structure is so beat up. You know, Lance Franklin is still not back in there, so they're going to be they're going to be relying pretty heavily on uh, Tom Patley, who of course, you know, can go out there and get himself quite a few goals. Uh, but you know, Logan McDonald is going to be relied on as well. Um, I think it's going to be a good contest. I think the cats at home are just going to be so stoked to actually be there. So I went with the cats by 10 on this one. Um, and then we move to the university of Tasmania stadium and the Hawthorne Hawks are hosting your Adelaide Crows. Finn McGinnis, Jack Scrimshaw, Max Lynch in for Hawthorne. Elliot Himmelberg, Jackson Haitley are in, and Luke Nankervis is debuting for Adelaide. What are you thinking, sir? Yeah, I don't think any of those guys will get a game. They're probably just on the extended yeah, they're, list, they're, I they're, yeah, yeah, they're on the extended interchange right now. Exactly, yes. Yeah, well, Crows, they've had a nice break, haven't they, since last Thursday where they destroyed the Carlton Blues by 56 points. Wasn't that unbelievable? They're favoured by 23 and a half. They they should win, and if they don't, I'll be very, very upset because their draw is coming tougher after this week. They've got some tough games. Hawks, you never know, though. They're up and down, but in Tassie, they might give a bit of a – bit of a – Bit of a go. I like the Crows to win, but I'm not sure about 23 and a half. So let's just hope they get the win in Tassie. Yeah, I went uh, I went uh, with them by 13. Now, you know, I, I was looking at some of the numbers. You know, the, the Crows are, are fifth in kicks, fourth in marks, third in hitouts, and second in points scored in the game, in, in the comp. There's only one club scoring more points than they are per game. I mean, it's... Uh, if if it was not for Essendon and St. Kilda, or I'm going to say St. Kilda and Essendon, because I think that that's the order in which the, the, you know, that those two clubs are kind of the feel good stories of 2023. If it was not for those two clubs, I think Adelaide is the quote unquote feel good story of, of the year right now with the way that they're playing. Yeah. And I've got to mention the captain, Jordan Dawson. Hasn't he been fantastic? Oh, absolutely. Into the center wingman, of course, mostly halfback center. Beautiful left kick, incredible disposal. So as long as the young kids get to the ball first and get her out to some stars like him, and we have, we have a very good forward line right now. And mm-hmm. I've got to hand it to him right now. The recruit, one of the recruits of the year is uh, Rankin. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and they, and they gave up a lot to get him. And there was a, there was a great story uh, that I saw where, Oh, I think it was um, it was when the uh, when Horn Francis was about to be drafted, and the the proposed because Adelaide had made a proposal of trading three three first round picks to North in order to secure Horn Francis, and they talked about who those three first round picks were, and I think one of them was Rankin. I think the one of the other two, I think, was Jordan Dawson, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that came in. I, I, I'd have to go back and look at the article again, but there were like three key pieces that are now part of the Adelaide, you know, top 18 
that would not have been there had that deal been made. Now, that's not to say that Horn Francis would not have come in and just taken the bull by the horns in Adelaide and, and you know, just become a dominant player at home his first year rather than, you know, dealing with the issues that he dealt with in, in Melbourne the first year. But, uh, you know, you know, hindsight being 2020, I think they've got to be somewhat happy with themselves getting those, those key three pieces that they did instead of, uh, instead of bringing Horn Francis in and giving away those pieces. So I don't know, but we move on then to Carlton and St. Kilda at Marvel stadium. And, uh, Carlton is bringing in and debuting Alex Sincata. And again, this is on the extended bench. Adam Saad is out injured. Brody Kemp is in. Lockie O'Brien's in. And Mitch McGovern is in. Anthony Caminiti suspended. Cooper Sharman back in. Tim Membry back in. Tom Campbell back in. And my fantasy team says thank you that Jack Steele is back in from his collarbone injury. What are you thinking on this one, sir? I've gone back and forward on this game a few times, to be totally honest. Blues Mm -hmm. were favored by five. I don't know if they can recover straight away from the belting that the Adelaide Crows gave them. What about the Saints in that last two minutes nearly coming up to beat the Magpies? I've changed my pick, actually. I'm going to go for the Saints. Um, I just think they're in form, but wouldn't be surprised either way. But the big story of the week, one of them was uh, Caminati getting three weeks for the hit on Murphy. Well, I watched it like 10 times on YouTube yesterday. I don't know, mate, but I think Murphy hit him first and then Caminati came back at him and then Murphy went down pretty easily. So just shows you can hit someone in the wrong spot in the head and they're down. I don't know, three games when the other guy started it. Very, or, very interesting, this concussion issue for sure. Or that Murphy has a very extensive background playing soccer. And he knows, and, and he and he knows, and he knows how to fall down, um, and 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 faint. You know, and again, I'm not I'm not joking about a concussion, but uh, you know, soccer players. It's one of the things that absolutely, to me, is a turnoff about soccer. You know, when you see somebody, you know, fall down, look as though somebody had taken a chainsaw to their gonads, the way they're writhing around on the ground, and then the ball comes back in their area, and they're up sprinting again like nothing had happened. I'm thinking, I I hate that about soccer. I hate it. Oh, it's absolutely disgusting. And I've yeah. seen a couple of incidences in AFL where people have tried to do that. And the good thing is other players rip into them and media rip into them. So, yeah, it's terrible. Absolutely As they should. Pathetic. As they should, yeah. Pathetic. Yeah. Okay. We head off to the uh, – we head off to Heritage Bank Stadium for the first first annual of round six. Got to win this game. Uh, we've got Gold Coast hosting North Melbourne, and uh, talk about a couple of clubs that really need a win. You've got uh, Gold Coast is bringing in Levi Casbolt, Joel Jeffrey, and Jared Witts. Now, again, uh, they've got extended benches here. Um, Todd Goldstein playing game 300 for North Melbourne. Uh, Jai Simkin uh, is out. Aaron Hall in. Charlie Lazaro in. Miller Bergman and Paul Curtis also in for North Melbourne. What are you thinking on this one? Oh, well, the Suns have let me down. I went for them as an underdog last week at Norwood Oval and they were up by 23 points and then lost to the Dockers, I think, yeah. Yeah, by 10. Wits is is a good in. I'm going to go for the Suns only because it is their home game. Favoured by about 22. Oh, the Roos might get closer to that and maybe even win. 
But big news, obviously, Todd Goldstein, 300 games. One of only eight Ruckman, I believe, to make 300 games. He had offers from other clubs, including your Cats, two or three years ago. Right. He elected to stay with the Roos through tough times. Got to admire that and hope he has a great game. I think the Suns will win, but four, if they don't, Stuart Jew might be in trouble there, well, Coach. I I went with North Melbourne in this game, and I went with North Melbourne because Alistair Clarkson is their coach. I went with Clarko. I, I I looked at coaches, and I, and and it's nothing against Stuart Dew, but I went with Clarko in this one. And after having just gotten the crap kicked out of them last week, like they did, I don't think he's going to allow anything close to that happening this week. I think this this club is going to come out with you know playing with piss and vinegar. Uh, that's a technical term, by the way. And uh, they're going to. Uh, I think I have them winning this one by what I think I said eight points. Um, you know, very close game, but, uh, I just, I, for some reason, I think they're going to get it done. I just gold coast. And as you said, gold coast, I think can win it. I just, I, I don't trust them right now. I don't trust them. There, there's a lot of talent there, but I just, I, I can't tip them. You know, it, it's kind of like I'd said, I'd said with Brisbane, even the week before I said, you know, I, I don't trust, uh, uh, Danaher and Hipwood to 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 do the job up forward, and evidently somebody let them know what I said because they went out and had a phenomenal game against North Melbourne and said, uh, "Do you trust us now?" Uh, so, um, yeah, I went with yeah. North to win this one. So, yeah, but can you trust the Kangaroos, mate? No, I can't well, trust them. I, well, yeah, but I but I trust Clarko more. Okay, yeah, fair yeah, enough. I trust Clarko more right now, and uh, you know, right. and and I and I guess even the, you know the veteran leadership there. The Goldsteins, the McDonald's, the uh, you know the Zerhards, the Zebels. Um, I just I, I, you know they're 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 hard nosed. You know, Matty Noah Anderson's a great midfielder. Tuke Miller, I picked for the the Brownlow again this year. Matty Rowell will will run over you to you know run over his grandmother to get a clearance. Um, but uh, they just seem to be so disjointed far too often. And 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 I don't know if they're you know. You know, I you know I saw articles now that you know that Collingwood is supposedly working on uh, young Mr. King to to come to the Magpies after this year, uh, when his contract is up. I just, it's just you know is that a distraction there? I I don't know, I don't know. And 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 I want Gold Coast to be successful. I mean, I tipped them number eight this year. Boy, I think I got that one really wrong. Uh, I yeah, I, well, I should should have put your crows there. Quite frankly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who knows? It's only round six, and that's true. I that don't know. is the true. Kid- the kids up there might be surfing a bit too much and not taking it as serious. But culture, you got to grow culture in a club. And sadly, we thought the Suns were heading that way, but uh-huh. not this year, terrible. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Then we move back to the MCG for the first of two games. The last two games of the round are at the MCG. That grass has had a lot of time off. Uh, you got Melbourne hosting Richmond. Uh, Jacob Bauer is debuting for Richmond, uh, joining Jack Ross. And Jaden Short. Now again, these are in the extended uh um interchange right now. Jake Melksham omitted, Charlie Spargo injured, Adam Tomlinson omitted, Bailey Laurie, Daniel Turner, Jake Lieber, Luke Dunstan, Max Gone is back, as well as Michael Hebbard. What do you think on this one, sir? Wow, big Maxi Gone. What a yes. legend, eh? Cult figure, great player, great leader. 
I'm actually still shocked that the Bombers beat them by 27 points. But right, right. Tigers are going a bit rough. Lots of injuries. Lynch out up forward. That's disastrous for them. Dusty's not playing as well yet, but he could have a breakout game. Demons are favoured by 21 and a half. And at the MCG, well, it's their, both their home ground. I think they'll win and they'll win well. I think Tigers are on the way down. Yeah, I think so too. I, I had him winning by, I had Melbourne winning this one by two goals. Um, it, I think it could be more than that. I just, I think that, uh, I think the Tigers are in a position where North Melbourne was about four years ago and where Hawthorne was about two years ago, I think. I think their rebuild is about to start. Um, but of course, if I'm not mistaken, they don't have a first round pick next year because of the deal they made with GWS. I mean, GWS sounds like they could be in the catbird seat as far as adding a lot of talent here over the next couple of years. So we shall see. And then we get to the last game of the round. And all we can say is Collingwood is hosting Essendon, but there are no teams. uh, At least when I looked uh, earlier today, there were no teams released at all for this because it's next Tuesday. It's the Anzac day game. Um, I went with the Bombers to win this one. I think, you know, Sam Draper is beginning to, you know, establish himself as a pretty darn good ruck. And I think, you know, Nathan Kruger might be rucking for uh, for Collingwood coming back off of injury. I think Draper's going to have a field day there. I just I just think Essendon might kind of be that team of destiny there. I just went with Essendon by just like six points in this one. Well, again, this is the second game that I've gone back and forward on. And I've actually changed my pick. You're right. Sam Draper, the big ruckman, he's the key. And if he plays really well, Bombers will win it. Mm-hmm. But Merritt out for a tackle, one true, game suspended. He's a very good player. I'd like to talk about later on. I'll talk about the Brownlow medal and whatever. Uh, I've changed my pick. Collingwood are favoured by 14 and a half. I think the Bombers will get within that, but I've actually changed my pick to the Magpies. Wouldn't be surprised at all if the Bombers win it, so take the Bombers to cover 14 and a half. Just, uh, just, I just think the Magpies are a better team all round, but if Draper can get it to his on-ballers parish and those good on-ballers, yeah, Bombers yeah. will win. Um, but yeah, the Anzac Day, people in America, it is Australian and New Zealand Army Corps so it's a holiday to commemorate the war heroes, and mm-hmm. it's a similar to your Memorial Day. And the start, I get tears, mate, when I listen to that bugle playing and 90,000 people dead silence. It's one of my favorite two or three minutes of the year. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah, it, it is. It is awesome. And I actually, I'm closing out this episode uh, here in just a moment uh, with the the bugle the last post i will be playing that at the end of this episode um now i do want to mention while i have you here uh, another mate of mine by the name of orville gibson who lives a couple of hours uh west of brisbane now uh will be making his annual pilgrimage towards the brisbane area and i do not know the name of the cemetery but for like the last decade now he has spent the overnight leading into anzac day at that cemetery, uh, at the gravesite of a an Australian soldier by the name of Billy Singh, and Billy Singh was 
a soldier who fought at the Battle of Gallipoli and was arguably Australia's greatest sniper with, if I'm not mistaken, close to like 140 or 150 confirmed kills during the Battle of Gallipoli. Wow. And then, and then he fell on extraordinarily hard times and his his you know his grave was a it was an unmarked grave for a number of years and he was not given the military honors and respect that he was due now there is a an obelisk that is at his grave that is at his grave and orville who i think the world of has like i said been going there for like the last 10 years and he goes there every year for anzac polishes the obelisk camps camps out there like sleeps under the stars graveside replaces the Australian flag flying over this 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 gentleman's grave. And it's just to me, it's it's just, you know, I I think of 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 Orville as being a hero. And if you, you know, some of the stories that Orville told on the podcast when I had him on, to me, demonstrate that he is a hero. Okay. Well wow. yeah. And one one little thing, this is just gonna whet your appetite if you've not gone back and listened to these. Uh Orville's great aunt attempted to assassinate Benito Mussolini back before World War II began. Actually shot off the tip of his nose. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating wow. story. And I heard and I heard that mentioned during another podcast. It does like, you know, like a history event of the day and mentioned uh her name. And I'm listening to this and I'm like, I know who she is. So I sent the guy who does that podcast my interview with Orville when we were talking about his great aunt and the, the guy was like, was floored by that thought it was really, really cool. So yeah, I'm, I, I, I have the most utmost respect for, you know, the, the solemn events that are going to be taking place on Tuesday. Um, I I'm, as I mentioned at the outset, I just hope that the uh, box footy thing, when they, when they cut up the game afterwards and put it on replay, that they leave all of the pomp and circumstance at the beginning of the game in it's quite often they'll just do the intro and they'll go right to the game. And I think that would be a shame to miss out on that sort of thing when it, you know, when it's time to be able to go back and watch that game again. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. And I need to listen to that podcast you, you mentioned. Quick story. I did go to an Anzac celebration memorial in Vancouver with our mate Christian Freeman, the first year I played at Burnaby Eagles. So they do have celebrations around the world and, just an incredible, incredible history. And, uh, yeah, the movie Gallipoli, I believe it all started back from when we kind of got uh, killed pretty bad in that Battle of Gallipoli. So, mm-hmm. yeah, big weekend of football. It really is. Yes, it, it really is. gets you back to gets you back to reality and realizing how lucky we are. To be able to, to do these things and to talk about fun stuff. Yeah, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. And speaking of fun stuff, sir, where can people find your work? All right, um, mickozzie.tv, that's M-Y-K-A-U-S-S-I-E.tv. And then tomorrow night, Friday night, 8, 10 Eastern on uh, Sports Grid TV, New York-based station and Sirius XM Channel 159. An easy way to get to it, many options, streaming, but go to YouTube, type in Sports Grid. And you can get on the chat. Um, but I want to talk about two other small items, if that's all right. I No, please, sir. I, I love hearing stories from you. All right. Well, first of all, I think they might have to change the rules on the Brownlow medal 
because it is the best and fairest. And if you get rubbed out for one week, you are ineligible for the Brownlow medal, which is the AFL best and fairest medal. Mm-hmm. And with these new these new suspensions coming in because of a bit of a rough tackle, I think they really need to reassess that because Merritt is out this week and he may have been a chance to win the Brownlow. And there was even a rumour that Oliver got lucky and maybe they didn't cite him because he's a chance for the Brownlow medal. So that needs to be a reassessed. And a big one, the legend Malcolm Blight on SEN Radio in South Australia, one of the best AFLers of all time. His insights are fascinating. And he actually ripped into Nathan Buckley's comment on holding the ball and how Nathan Buckley said players should not be given prior opportunity. I love Nathan Buckley, met him in Vegas, great fella. But I've got to agree with Malcolm Blight here. If you stop and make it even more difficult for the player going for the ball, because people are hanging off and then tackling, you've got to benefit the guy going for the ball. So listen to that where Malcolm Blight just went off at Nathan Buckley. Pretty... Uh, Pretty good stuff against about two legends of the game. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and is this where we mention Patrick Cripps and Lockie Neal? Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, Cripps was a bit – it's a higher bump, wasn't it? Right, but right. I just talk about a, a tackle where you then yeah. kind of accidentally sling him to the ground and, you know, they hit yeah. the head a bit. So, yeah, I agree with him. The sling tackles are dangerous, but, you know, it's it's pretty hard for players to change everything straight away. It's going to take time, but it, it's crucial for the game. And Gary Ablett Senior, Senior is now suing the AFL, Geelong Cats, and the Hawks with this concussion. But, hey, wow. like we've said, how do you know how much has happened on the field and how much has happened off the field, whether it's drugs or stress or whatever. And Gary Ablett Sr., he has a history of uh, getting in a bit of trouble a few years ago. Legend player. So, uh-huh. I don't know. I really am worried about these concussion lawsuits because, hey, we all know the dangers of the game, right? It's right, just, right. It's very weird. It's very yeah. weird. Well, I I know for a fact, I know for a fact that I never, I never had a concussion when I was when I was playing in high school. Because I was so bad, I never got off the bench. It's hard to get hurt when you're standing on the sidelines <laughs> watching the game. Uh, I was, I was, I was so far down on on our team's depth chart that I needed scuba gear. That's how bad I was. <laughs> I was, I was terrible. Well, Mick, well, I need, no, I need to look in. I need to look into it more. But the thing is, I think the only real thing the players have got against the AFL is. You know, if the coaches and the medical staff tell you to go back on the field. Right, right. And you did go back on the field, if they kind of force you to go back on the field, well, then the players have got something against the AFL. But let's be honest, all the players want to get back on no matter what anyway, like I did, everyone did. So I don't know. It's going to be very, very dicey, but there's no doubt there's a bit of a money grab involved as well, as we saw in the NFL, their case. Well, let let me ask you that question as a follow-up, because you played the game, you know, you you got all the way into the sandful, okay, so you played the game at a a very high level. Um, Do you, can you recollect that uh, 
that there was a time where you played in a game where you might have been concussed and you left the ground and then came back into the same game? Oh, I, I, I can tell you two straight now. Well, I can tell you three, actually. The okay. first one was when I was like 18 or 19 playing up at the Barossa Williamstown. I actually wore a helmet because I had a few hits and I was smaller when I was younger, but the helmet didn't help because players hit you harder. I'm running around with double vision for about five minutes. I never came off. I didn't want it because I wanted to get best player. I wow. wanted to stay. And then another time at Flinders Park, I hit heads with a guy and I still have a dent in my forehead just above my <laughs> eye. <laughs> I stayed on. And a third time, you love this. This is definitely a concussion. I'm playing up in Darwin, and you all get warned about the humidity, and it's true. I was just wandering around the forward pocket, not knowing what I did. They they took me off, and I went to hospital, and I had to I had to stay out the next week. So wow. absolutely, but but every time I wanted to stay on because I wanted to get to the top level. I wanted to be. You know, as everyone does, everyone yeah. wants to get best player every time they go on that field. So, I don't know, man. It's it's going to be crazy well, how yeah. you can prove it. It just it just seems like it's a, uh, you know, I, I I understand that they you know that 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 we have to try to work on uh, mitigating the possibility or you know likelihood of them, um, but I. I don't think you can legislate all of that out of the game. I think if you if it all gets legislated out of the game, I think the game probably ceases to exist. Well, it's definitely changing, and it's changing right now before our eyes every yeah, yeah. week. So yeah, it's uh, it's crucial times, but players got to smarten up. But yeah, you can't change their mindset of them playing the last twenty, thirty years ever since a kid, but. You got to reward the player going for the ball. That's the main thing, I think. I think so. I think so too. Yeah, it's uh, it is uh, it it is a concern, but uh, I think you know, as kids are being trained, you know, and it's happened even with you know with, with gridiron football, where kids are being taught to tackle differently, um, at younger ages, where they're you know they're leading with their you know their chest and you know the head up, the heads up tackling and that sort of thing, and I think it is is helpful. Um, you know, in the long run, I think it's going to definitely be helpful to, to young athletes who are playing gridiron. And I, I, you know, the, the comp, I think needs to just be able to come up with something that's definitive and be able to demonstrate it and put together a, you know, a highlights video or whatever of, you know, this type of tat, you know, these tackles would be acceptable. These would not. And, uh, you know, just, you know, players are going to have to learn how to adjust to that sort of thing, but it needs to be done far enough in advance that they're not trying to figure out and change, you know, retool how they're playing the game between rounds five and six in the season. Yeah. So, yep. Well, Hey man, I appreciate you coming on today. And again, everybody, you can find mix work at mickaussie.tv and you can catch him tomorrow night on, uh, Sports Grid with Gabe Morenci, and I do need to reach out to Gabe because I, I wanted to kind of wait until there was about a month of the baseball season out of the way and bring him on to kind of talk a little bit of footy and a little bit about baseball because I know he's really disgruntled with how baseball is going. And, I, and I've, I'm and i reading things on Twitter about how, you know, things have become arbitrary and they're, you know, they're, they're using, you know, the 
clocks and things on stuff. And it just, I just think they're destroying it. I will always be baseball will always be my first love, but I just absolutely hate what, you know, it, it's almost like the, it, and this is going to be a terrible analogy, but it's, it's almost like baseball has found themselves with some sort of a substance abuse problem. And I, you know, Gabe has certainly talked about it. I have recognized, you know, that, that, that it's, you know, self-destructive behavior in terms of what they're doing to the game, but until the game figures it out for itself and hits rock bottom, if you will, the game can't fix itself or the game can't get the help it needs, if you will. And that's probably a really shitty analogy. And people are going to go, you're a jerk for even mentioning it that way. But that's just what popped into my head right then. But I, I, I just wish that they had left the game alone. And quite frankly, had they not screwed with the game, you and I may have never, ever talked ever. I may never have met you online and spoken <laughs> to you about the game. So, so I guess, you know what, I guess it's okay that baseball did that because you and I are able to chat right now, but you know, this is not me saying, boy, I sure wish I didn't ever have to talk to Mick because no, it's not, I'm saying, I'm saying that at all, but I'm just saying that's just the, a, a positive outcome that came from this. But I, I hate what they've done to the game that I've loved. For, I've loved for over a half century. I, I really do. Yeah, mate. Well, it's a great game to go and watch, have a few beers and look at the crowd and the sunshine. But, hey, I'll end on this, mate. I'll end on this, mate. As you know, I don't like it when players stick their mouth guard in their socks shooting for goal. Well, what about this, kids? Chad Wingard had his mouth guard out or no mouth guard at all. He bit his tongue and he had to have an operation for wearing no mouth guard. And I kind of blame Steph Curry, great player, love Steph Curry, and Connor McDavid as well now. They're running around the courts and the ice with their mouth guard and they're chewing on it. It looks stupid, so wear your mouth guard. It's absolutely crucial. You don't want to lose your front teeth or cut your tongue. So well, there's my advice. And Have here's, a great weekend, and here's And here's the, here's the irony of that. The day after that happened, our illustrious president had spent the week visiting Ireland. And I don't know if you saw this or not, but when he, the, the speech he's giving to the Irish parliament right before he gets on the plane to fly home, he tells the Irish parliament right after Wingard has had this injury, let's go lick the world. <laughs> let's go. Li- I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I guess it's, it's good that he's not sniffing the world anymore like he likes to do. I guess maybe it's better that he's moved on to, to licking the world. I, I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, have a great, have a great week, Mick. This is a, uh, yeah, this is why I shave my head. So I don't have hair to pull out. Uh, <laughs> cheers, man. It's great talking right, with see you. you later. Yep, have a or, great weekend, man. You bet. Bye-bye. Now, ladies and gentlemen, remember that you can find everything about the podcast over at my website, a yank on the You can subscribe to the mailing list there, so new episodes get in your inbox very, very quickly. You can leave a review. If you love the show, I do hope you'll take a few minutes and leave a review for the podcast because that means I can then share that out on my social media. And uh, you know, when I put the different hashtags in there, hopefully that will entice new footy fans to come check out the podcast as well. I'd love for you to tell your friends about it as well. Uh, If you want to help out the show and help keep the lights on since I'm a one-man operation, you can also click on that Buy Me a Coffee button there as well. Anything that comes in through that stays within the podcast and helps to keep the lights on, helps keep the podcast running. You can, excuse me, find me on Twitter at yank underscore on or by email at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. 
You can also find me at the Yank on the Footy podcast on Facebook, or Yank on the Footy on Instagram, or search my name, Craig Wessels, on either Facebook or on LinkedIn. I'm there as well. I do hope that you'll uh, share the episode, as I said, with your friends and family. I want you to look out for one another, ladies and gentlemen. I'm ending this episode a little differently than I typically do. Uh, check on your friends. Make sure they're okay. Tell them you love them. Get out there and have that coffee. Go take that walk. Just have some fun. And ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 256 of A Yank on the Footy. I appreciate all the kind words, all the support. And as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. Normally, I would tell you that I will catch you later. But as this is the Anzac round, ladies and gentlemen, I want to leave you with this rendition of the last post. May each of you find peace and solace during this time of reverence. May April 25th's Anzac Day fill you with the pride that you have as one of the two great nations being honored with this day. And again, I want to close with this rendition of the last post. And I'll talk to you again very, very soon, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you.